When looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Well, excuse me! Looking for good ideas for life? You're far from good hands. Hey, bud, what's your problem? If you think the listener is always right, you're far from the right place. Out of order! Even in the future, nothing works! Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, but a rebel by choice. Are you threatening me? If you want a host that floats between love and madness, and we know the night is always gonna be here anyway. Thinking of you's working up my appetite, looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. All right, guys, uh, listen to the blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Warning, creators of this game do understand the subject matter may be offensive to some, but they do honor the families and people that have been affected by these real-life tragedies that these individuals have caused. Wanna play a game? Oh yeah! Lover of true crime? Yes, yes, yes. Well, we got an interesting game for you to check out. Wow. With the mashup of influences such as horror movies, collecting cards, and RPGs. What? Led to giving birth to an incredible creation of this game. Killers, the card game. You are all my children now. This game is a collectible trading card game featuring some of the most infamous killers with tidbits of trivia on the back of each card to help you learn some insight to each criminal. Who the hell are you? Let's not forget, during the game, cops will be chasing you and these criminals. I'm a cop, you idiot! However, check out their website listed through all social media today, which can be found under Killers, the card game. Am I on the internet? I want to play a game. Hi, I'm Dave Linehan, inviting you to listen to Crazy Train Radio. your least favorite host in a podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this gentleman currently living in Nashville certainly brings passion to whatever he does. 
He has DJed many styles of music, whether it be jazz, rock, big band, progressive, adult contemporary, country in Cleveland. And no, we're not talking working with Drew Carey. <laughs> He's actually got a new song out and decided to dip his toes into the music side of things. And the song is called Squirrel Train. And he's also got his own show as well. We were just talking about before we hit the little record button. David Lahannon, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. It's uh, I know the name is Irish and it's a little uh, different. It's Lenahan, but it's like Linda Lenahan. Linda yeah. yes. Lenahan, uh, Linda Hand dropped the D's. <laughs> That's how you find me. Bruch, yeah, yeah. And I love that because there's another one, a friend of the show. His name's Pritchard, but dropped the T. So he ah. makes a similar joke. <laughs> Hey, just let me say it's good to be on your show, and thanks for the invite. I do appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for taking the time. Well, let's see. We'll start off with the new single, Squirrel Train. Yeah. So, obviously, from the background that I was doing, because we know everything on the internet is true. <laughs> it's all there, right? <laughs> yeah, it's 100% accurate. <laughs> and we were kind of talking about this before we hit the record button about the business within the business and we'll get into that on here as well but this is more personal as we get into this first single for you it is a long time coming per se for you because you wanted to be a musician but you realized early on maybe being a rock star quote unquote or anything else wasn't going to be your cup of tea at first so you went in the radio so the question is, why now for the single and all that fun stuff? Well, that's a good question. You know, I'd say, Jonathan, uh, we moved here to Nashville nine and a half years ago. And I, I really, as my radio career was winding down, I got more into songwriting. And I got involved with this group, group called NSAI. And if you're a songwriter, um, I, I really highly recommend them, especially if you're starting out songwriting. That's the Nashville Songwriters Association International. I became coordinator in Cincinnati. It was a lot of trips to Nashville. They opened up a lot of doors, a lot of co-writes, and we kept coming down and coming down. You know, working in country radio, it's a lot of trips to Nashville too. Uh, but we decided we wanted to move here. And when you when you come here, it's a different community. Mm -hmm. And not only songwriters, but great artists too. And it seems like all my friends down here were doing the same thing, dropping singles here and there. And um it's harder and harder as a songwriter to get a cut today. And I felt, well, heck, we've got all these great songs. Let's just make a record. And like everybody else, is, they're dropping singles. I thought, well, I'm pretty good at dropping my phone. So <laughs> <laughs> let me try that too. And so uh, it, 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 the song was, was Squirrel Train, uh, which was really a, a, a kind of a cool story that I'd be happy to share with you if you'd like. Go for it. Well, um, uh, two co-writers of mine, um, uh, Scott Barrier, who is just an amazing guy. He's on a roll this year. And my good friend, uh, Pamela Hopkins, um, who is an amazing indie artist uh, out of um, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas area, uh, plays all over the world, um, has, has got a lot of music out there. We've been writing together for the past few years. Um, they were over at my house and we were talking about ideas for new songs. And I had mentioned that I... I wanted to write a train song. And the problem was, I said, it's a really long train. I have a very short attention span. And Pamela says, oh, I hear you. I, I am too. I'm so ADHD. And she goes, uh, in fact, my band is called 
um, a squirrel train just for that. Cause you know, like squirrel, you know? And so Scott and I look at each other and go, we have got to write a theme song for her band squirrel train. And that's how it all started. We got together and it just kind of flowed out. Now Pamela cut this song, Jonathan, and she released it on black Friday. And for the past two weeks, it has been the number one song on the uh, Tasmanian Australia uh, charts, which we're really happy about. It's also up for uh, Fair Play Award for Best Pop Country Single in Holland. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> so, and I released mine. It's being played on over 4,000 stations around the world right now. And we're getting good response to it. And it's just been a, a trip. <laughs> We've taken a trip on the squirrel train. <laughs> so nice. that's what it's all about. So why don't I go ahead and insert that here? Good. Great. Appreciate the spin. Oh,
So coming out of the ADHD line, as we like to call it there, with squirrel train. And I don't know if you saw me raise your hand when you were giving it. I did. I could see that. Yeah, that, that was, you know, yeah, it fits in my boat, you know. <laughs> I can't tell you many times a day I walk into a room and I, I'm like, I know I came in here for a reason. What was that, you know? Then so. you get the sidetrack of everything else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's like, Hence, squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. Exactly so, right. So, I, I, I thought I, a lot I, of people could identify. So you know, <laughs> I, I do it lighthearted. I, you know. I so see a new drop there. You know, <laughs> just play doing episodes. Squirrel. Exactly. Usually we go with the drops from movies and TV and all that stuff. Squirrel's going to be one of those new ones that we just for the avid listener who. Oh, I appreciate it. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I could I could see myself cutting that down. Oh boy. But you are a guy that grew up in Cleveland, but yeah. bounced all around, like I said, with the radio side of things. Yeah. So what attracted you to radio? Oh man. <laughs> you know. I went to college, believe it or not. I was on a pretty good hockey team in high school. We won two state championships. What are you guys doing? Putting on the foil every game. Yeah, you want some? And um, and I, I we, we thought we could walk on the hockey team uh, where I went to college. <laughs> of course, that didn't work. <laughs> and when I realized I wasn't going to make that team, I was depressed. And I'm, you know, uh, and I went to this this dorm party one night and there was a DJ there playing the music. And I walked up to him, introduced myself. And I said, man, that's pretty cool what you do. I love music. Um, and he goes, well, you know, I do a little radio show. Why don't you come by the station and uh, show you what it's all about? And so I did. And I was hooked like right away. Next thing I know, I'm doing a radio show on the weekends. And I was hooked and never looked back and um, and just absolutely loved uh, radio. It, to me, it was magic, you know, back then, you know. So, um yeah, I dedicated myself to that. A lot of time in the studio practicing and um, and got very lucky, uh, very, very fortunate. So that's but, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with that being said, and we were kind of talking about this before we started, what has been the biggest change in the industry yeah. Yeah. from your perspective? I know there's a lot. <laughs> well, um, the dealer, the deregulation of the broadcast industry was really a double-edged sword. I think for the owners and stuff, it allowed them to accumulate a lot of stations. And we've got big groups, very <laughs> mom and pop stations left anymore. So these big groups like, you know, Clear Channel, which is now iHeartMedia, they own the majority of the stations in in and um it, it, it and they and they you know for for business reasons, I'm sure doing it on the cheap, you know, one guy can 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 work on a lot of different stations and voice track and things. And it really helped them cut costs which probably helped to save the radio industry a little bit. But, you know, for guys like me and a lot of my friends who were finding themselves out of work, it was really, really sad. Um, you know, and I, unfortunately, I have my best friend in the whole world, Doug, Doug Wilbur and his wife, Lori, they owned a couple of, uh, um, as we would say, mom and pop stations just outside of Cleveland. They really recently retired and, and sold the, the station, uh, but it's still, uh, you know, locally owned. And those kind of stations today have my heart, you know. Um, they're live and they're local and we're getting very little of that on radio today. Um, it became really evident to me, you know, a few years back, I was living in Cincinnati 
and we had the remnants of this hurricane that that had blown through and it created havoc in in cincinnati i mean i got a new roof out of that but power was off for like three days and normally you could go to a radio and you could find out what was happening right mm-hmm. there was no local coverage the one big local station in cincinnati was broadcasting the reds baseball game which that's cool but we couldn't find out what was happening in our community and it was very frustrating and that is and to me that said it all about the state of radio radio was always live and local when something was happening it was immediate you can go to your radio and find out what was going on and to me it all hit me so hard that day that there's none of that left anymore because of these big conglomerations and it's sad but that's just that's just the way it is today. unfortunately it's the nature of the beast and yes. we were talking about the different aspects of it we i referenced howard stern who yeah. everybody knows i listens to and the change of the business that way everything going terrestrial to serious and such with the big business yeah that's part of the big business of things oh yeah uh, what were you teaching in broadcast school? Was it one of those, uh, what kind of school were you, was it something you started? What, what was it? I, I didn't thing? start it, but I was, I was the director of um, this Ohio center uh, for broadcasting. We had schools in, uh, in Denver and Chicago. There was two schools in Chicago, uh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, uh, and they've since expanded and they're a, they're a different kind of school. Now they they're calling a media school but at the time we were teaching radio and television and what i would tell them is you know um that it would, would take passion and a lot of hard work but that you can make it and it was about networking and getting to know people and we preached very heavily that you need an internship in fact we made it part of the program you had to have an internship if you were going to graduate you'd have so many hours of internship but that was good because you got to know people and and, and it's it's all about who knows you, you know, not only who you know, but who knows you and getting known and showing them how hard you work. And I'm so proud of some of my students who just dug in. I've got students that are doing morning radio, uh, doing big produ- productions and promotions and different aspects from sales all over the industry. Um, and I'm real proud of that. Uh, so that's what we talk, passion and living the dream, you know, fake it until you make it, that kind of stuff. So here I'll add something to that as well. And a friend of mine who is in the or was in the wrestling industry, oh. very well known, and he's doing something else with maybe yoga. Bang, uh, get that mm-hmm. in there. Little plug in for him. <laughs> but he always said something along the lines of, "It's not who you know or who knows you. It's who's willing to say they know you and vouch for you." Wow, I like that, boy. Consider that stolen. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it was good you when know, he said that. That is so right on. It's so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Dally, it. Dally always says, "Who are those people willing to say they know you and vouch right. for you in whatever you do?" That's good. That's so true. There's so a smart that way. Oh yeah, beautiful. Love it. And you notice that with the uh, success of anybody. That is so true. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. So as I mentioned in the introduction, from a DJ perspective, what has been your favorite style to play? 
obviously your focus now has been country, but is there a certain genre that you've liked doing? First of all, if you listen to my podcast, Songwriter Connection uh, podcast, you're going to, and thanks for the plug. <laughs> We're going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I preach that I hate genres. I, I, I really hate. In fact, you'll hear me sometimes I'll ask, um, I'll say, what do you, how do you answer the question? What kind of music do you play? Think about that. That's all I'll ask a, an artist or a songwriter. And, um, and it's, I get different, I get different answers. And when people ask me that, I always say, well, hopefully I play good music, but that's going to be up to you to decide. I hope you'll give it a chance. So I, I hate putting people in these tiny boxes and saying, you're folk, you're this, you're that. And it, because the great artists, I believe, define their own genre. If you look at people like Taylor Swift, there wasn't a Taylor Swift before Taylor Swift. Um, but look what she's done. There wasn't a Dolly Parton before Dolly Parton, you know. Um, so they've created their own genre. And look at Dolly. I mean, she's in the rock hall of fame. She's in the country music hall of fame. So people found her regardless of genre. So, but I guess if you're going to put me in a genre, it would probably be, be in what they're calling Americana today. And I have to have to absolutely say that I love that genre because it encompasses so many, such a wide variety. Americana is blues. Americana is folk. Americana is bluegrass. Americana is alternative country. The stuff that they're not, they're ignoring on um, hit uh, terrestrial radio right now. There's great music in Americana. So I guess I'm proud to kind of be, if you're going to put me in any genre, um, Americana, you know, so, you know. Well, speaking of that, from the DJ side of things, and obviously this has changed a big deal as well because obviously in my area, I know a lot of the legendary DJs, which is becoming few and far between, <laughs> few and far between because of the business structure yeah. and a lot of things going automated and such. Oh yeah. But how did you go about choosing songs to play on the radio from, because now, a lot of it is set lists and stuff given down from like general managers and things like that. But were you still part of the era of choosing stuff I'm going to play on air and all that fun stuff? When I started in country radio um, a while back, and I, I was working for this little mom and pop station. So this was before uh, before consolidation and, and, and the major buyouts. Um, we had a lot more control. And and what we played, um, yeah, we had a playlist too, but we could go, you know, we can go outside of it. And I would look at music that that turned me on. If I liked it, I, I wanted to share it with my audience, you know. Um, so, but as I got more, you know, into the industry, and you know, was doing afternoon drive in Cincinnati, there were strict playlists. Uh, I mean, very strict. You didn't, ha you had no control. I mean, no control at all. Well, you had very little. Um, B105 in Cincinnati, which is yeah, perennially, uh, they win all kinds of awards uh, for, for top station, Academy of Country and CMA. I was really fortunate to work for them for a few years and for a lot of years. And um, uh, when I did an all request show, I could, you know, I could, I got an interesting phone call. I could edit that up and play it over the intro of a song. So I had a little freedom there. Uh, when I started at, at 96.5 doing afternoon drive, uh, we were an upstart. We were going after B105 and we opened up our playlist and I had a lot of control. But eventually, 
Um, you know, they shrunk it down. The playlist started shrinking, shrinking down. I had very little control over what I could play. Uh, it was chosen by a program director and the music director. And that was that, you know. So every now and then I could suggest, I'd say, yeah, I really like this. Can we play it? Yeah, we'll think about it. You know. Yeah. Look at you trying to, uh, I'm trying to, now, I'm, like I said, I'm one of those days I'm having a brain fart, but it's like, look mm. at you trying to hit the post, you know. With uh, <laughs> you, you'd almost think yeah. I had an education in this stuff, you know, which is scary. Did you do radio? I Did you used to do radio. Th- I guess well, went to college for it, but I ended up not you know, doing it because of you know the internships and all that stuff. I needed to make yeah. money, but you know <laughs> it was a history majored in a communications TV radio because that was always my passion. Nice. So, well, but you'd almost think you know and. I'm thinking about doing a contest again about, you know, beating a post, uh, you know, because people think that's so easy to do to where DJs, whether it's terrestrial or serious, trying to talk over everything before the first uh, lyrics come on. So what your what your listeners have to understand is back in the day when we when we actually dissed, uh, we were jockeys of discs, actual records. Yeah, you, you'd put on that, you'd queue it up. And you, and when you'd hit it, it was live on the air. You'd hit it, and you'd be talking right up to that that post is the the beat before the guy starts singing, right, or the lady starts singing, or the artist starts singing. And it was a real art to be able to feel that music and do that. Today, with voice tracking, everything is recorded. It's a piece of cake. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know. But back then, it was an art, and we you practice it, you know. So, yeah. Exactly. It's funny that we're going this far into baseball, as they say, you know, but yeah. uh, mm. but uh, the other thing I want to bring up before we mention the podcast is the Nashville songwriting connection, the TV show. Yeah. So, did you have a preference, whether it was TV or radio, you enjoyed doing? You always loved radio doing. I, I love doing radio a lot more than TV. I did very little TV. Um, I was never comfortable. Um <laughs> I couldn't get as comfortable in front of a camera as I was behind a mic, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know where that camera was looking, <laughs> you know? but um, the Nashville connection uh, uh, television show uh, was in Cincinnati. And, and um, when I got involved with NSAI, uh, there was a guy, my brother from another mother, Greg Altamer. Um, whenever he called me and said, I had an idea, I said, Oh, look out. And he said, I have this idea. Let's do a TV show. You interview, we'll bring in these Nashville songwriters. You interview them. And, and we'll record it and we'll do a show. And um, and it was a blast. Uh, we would always uh, tape the show in advance and then put us and let them have a show that night somewhere in, in Cincinnati and try to make a little money. But it was it was fabulous. We got to meet a lot of these up and coming writers and make connections with them. And, you know, it's funny. Um, everything seems to be connection with me. My radio shows are called Nashville Connection. Uh, the podcast is Songwriter Connection. That TV show is the Nashville Songwriters Connection, because that's how important making connection is, right? It's <laughs> talked about the network. It's you know how do you know who knows you, and now we add to that, thanks to you, um, you know, it's who's willing to say they know you. Yes. Oh. oh, that was such a great line when he said that to me. You know? Love it. I, oh. I said I'm stealing that. I don't care. <laughs> What's his name? Because I want to properly credit him when I steal that. <laughs> Dallas Page. Dallas Page. I'm writing it down. Dallas yeah. Page. And he he's has, a wrestler. Yeah. He has DDP yoga as well now, too. Oh, that's awesome. And that's been, yeah. He was on oh. Shark Tank and all that fun stuff with it. And great dude, you know. 
Don't know but, him, but I love him. <laughs> but very smart cat. I'll bet. But, yeah, I would say. Uh-huh. Yeah, when he when you drop words of wisdom like that, there's something oh. working in that gray matter. I know. I mean to say they know you. Oh, that's fantastic. Anyway, I digress. So speaking of the podcast, Songwriter Connection. Yeah. And what you do there is looking at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of songwriters. Yeah. So what do you think is the biggest take from your show for people who listen? Well, you know, the genre thing I think is important, but um, basically that, that songwriting is a craft and that you have, it, you need to work hard on that craft. Uh, I think it can be, um, it, it can be learned, but I think you got to have talent too. Um, I think you have to be willing to, um, learn the rules before you can break them. Um, the thing I get out of it is, um, uh, there's a tough question. You know, I think being genuine and authentic, are you writing in a style that is conversational? Would people really say it the way you're saying it? You know, um, are you are you writing specifically toward the idea or the hook of that song? Does every line point to what you're trying to say? Um, so things like that, you know. Um, and if you listen to my show and you're a songwriter, you're going to find all kinds of little tidbits and things. Uh, with every show, we try to give you a little something more that you can grow your songwriting from, you know. And we talk about looking at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. That's what I mean. Uh, We also want to know about their journey and their stories. And I like to have guests that have unique stories and I want them to share that story with folks. So that's really what it's all about. We've been very fortunate too. We started doing this in in January of um, 2021. So those are the the pandemic years. And um, I was like you, I was mixing passions my passion for radio and which i always loved interviewing the most uh and um and my passion for music and i thought mixing them into a podcast might might be the thing um and so i just get it's 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 such a passion for me and 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 i love doing it so yeah well folks we will have links to all of dave's stuff thank you but make sure you check out squirrel train all your usual outlets you know, Spotify, Apple, all that fun stuff. Squirrel. Oh, wait. No. Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> we got that squirrel in here. <laughs> oh, shit. Dave, thank you so much for the time. So nice talking to you, John. Thank you for having me on and all the best in your podcast. I love what you do. Thank you, sir. All right, man. Hey there, Friday fans. We know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any of the films. All orders 
are made specifically. Your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. This is Jennifer Lyon from Diamonds and Whiskey, and you are listening to Crazy Train Radio. 